Hi, and welcome back again to the Comic Book Dessert Better podcast. Wow, I cannot even say the name of our own podcast. Comics Dessert Better podcast is who we are. Welcome to <laughs> us. I've done this 80 times and I can't get it right. But with me as always are Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hi. <laughs> How's it going today? Besides me yeah. messing things up. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right, that's better better than most i would have to say actually um well, i'm excited i got my first um award on reddit on a post i made earlier so that was pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah congratulations, yeah, congratulations. thank you yeah it was pretty exciting much. well we do have a my day was just running errands so that's why it's like yeah, yeah no, i get that i get mm-hmm. it i had doctor's appointment this morning so i'm kind of like the same way as well but we have a award-winning and not meh episode plan today <laughs> our last episode of the season till we Woo! get some co- few bonus episodes in and we'll start over again but uh <laughs> yep. so let's go ahead and get this started with some uh spotlights and uh carrie since you didn't have one last week i'm gonna make you go first this week okay so um i'm actually gonna um highlight a short box book yeah. it's called um pipette and dudley a charming dog adventure comic it's by charlotte may and um, it's super cute. So basically, it is about Princess Charlotte and her um, really fucking cute, um, like Bichon Frise Dudley. And, you know, they're just like besties who travel the world together and like do all sorts of things together. And then um, it's time for uh, Char- um, Pepette to meet princes, you know, to start dating and like start hanging out. So she doesn't want to at first and then she meets a guy that she actually has a lot of um, stuff in common with. And so they start spending more and more time together. And Dudley is like, finally some, you know, free time, like me time. So basically the comic is about how they um, they realize how close they are. And Dudley starts missing Pipette immensely when she starts dating, essentially. So it's just about them navigating their friendship and about navigating um, Pipette in a, in a relationship and can Dudley share her. And the art's just absolutely adorable. It's very, um, the coloring's really good. Lots of pastels. Um, the dog looks, if you're, if you are on Instagram and follow Wee Puppies, there's a multi-poo that looks just like Dudley. It is literally just like a little, um, cartoon like pup he's the cutest and he's all white and he wears like leather jackets and sunglasses because he's fabulous and because he is a royal dog so it's um it's a super cute and I really liked it it was a nice light read um you know uh the world continues to burn and I'm in utter chaos <laughs> so yeah it, it's just a nice light read if, and it's a short box so I it's still available you can buy it online it does take a while to ship but I'm um, totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the US, it takes a little bit of time. But yeah, no, they're 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 really good getting things out. So um yeah, I'm uh the looks it looks gorgeous. I saw it and I was like, this is something. Oh yeah, it was cool. a birthday present from Brian and he it was totally up my alley. So yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you liked it because it looks really nice. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah. And it's always good to support uh short box what we can. Mm-hmm. All right. Look at well, you two having a loving, healthy relationship, supporting each other. Yeah, we yes. podcast together. Mm-hmm. I told one of my students that we had a podcast That's together. Beautiful. And then they're like, oh my God, Miss Carrie. 
what's your podcast? I'm like, no, I mean, I said hell in front of the kids yesterday and I, they chewed me out for saying hell. So I'm like, they cannot listen <laughs> to me on anything else I do because they will be bamboozled by the way I speak. Just tell them that right before the- we uh, started recording, I was having dinner. My nephew's in town. He's mm-hmm. 17 and oh. uh, my little cousin was here. You know, they're, they're both around the same age. My nephew will be 18 in like two weeks. And so they both just graduated high school. And I was just like, oh, I got to eat real quick because I got to go record the podcast. And my nephew's heard about the podcast, but I guess I didn't tell him I was doing it regularly now. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or like he's listened to the podcast, but or when I, you know, was guesting early in the past. Uh And then they had so many podcasting questions. I was like, oh, like, I forgot this is is a neat thing I do. And I should probably have mentioned it to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's super cute. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it when people support each other, especially family. That's super awesome. They're like, what? My cousin Olivia was just like, you do what? And why? He's like, where, can I find it? And I was just like, oh yeah, I should have told you about this. You're, yeah, that's you're, funny. you're right in the sweet spot of people that we want listening to this show. How did yeah. I do that? Yeah. Hey fam, drop us yeah. a five-star review. Yeah. On yeah. Apple there you go. There you go. Shoot us an email. Ask us a question. <laughs> Only family though. Nobody else. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome if you guys are listening right now. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, hey, Richard, why don't you go next then? I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. I no, I feel great doing that. Okay. All right. um, so my spotlight for this week, I mean, I love it because it, uh, it's, it's an Indian that it's not big too, but uh, I am spotlighting One Piece, chapter nice. 1053 Ooh. from last week. Uh, 1053 chapters of One Piece. So, come on, slackers. That's it. That's all. (laughs) Um, everyone catch up. So, basically, this chapter, uh, basically, uh, the way One Piece works is that you get these big story arcs, and then you have a chapter where the fight, the the, the main battle ends, and that just completed two chapters ago. And then, basically, now it's time to party, and it's also the news is uh spiraling through the world over the battle. So, this chapter is called The New Emperors. Because the setup is that on the uh, on the tougher side of the ocean, the, 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 there's uh, four pirate emperors that kind of just run the show, and mm-hmm. uh, those four emperors were redhead shanks, red-haired shanks, uh, blackbeard, big mom, and uh, Kaido, king of the beast, who's an absurd character apparently who cannot be killed. And our main character, our main character Luffy and his pirate alliance, they had a pirate ninja samurai mink alliance because they were allied with pirates and samurais and minks which are just uh animal people there's a there's a uh an elephant that's apparently cursed to walk the ocean and on his back is a tribe of uh animal people that just live there don't ask too many questions just kind of roll with it it's it's (laughs) but basically they had style but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they had to go to Wado, which is like the samurai island where it's like old school Japanese samurai stuff, because that's where one of the emperors, Kaido, had uh, had opened up shop and basically had murdered the old shogun and it was all drama. So basically they had to overthrow him. And and uh, Big Mom, who is one of the other pirates, who's absolutely terrifying in the uh, previous arc of the story. Uh, our main character Luffy uh, basically pissed Big Bob off, blew up her castle, and stole oh, stole from her. Oh yeah. wow! It was, <laughs> well, she tried to steal one of his uh, pirate crew members, and he stole his uh, 
his cookback, basically. Is nice. <laughs> the gist of it. But she's oh, terrifying. I, like the I know the cook. Yeah, yeah. She's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Her power is to, uh, like, she's already just like a great fighter and everything. But her literal, you know, everyone in One Piece has, or not everyone, but people could have weird powers. And she has, she ate the soul fruit. So okay. basically, she can steal your soul. She can imbue her soul into other things and give them life. And yeah, and um, and she could and she could uh take other people's souls and put them in things. So basically, in her in her little area, everything talks. Like her ship sings because it has part of her soul in it. Her hat has a soul in it. She made a sun, like sun, like sun in the sky, like the 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 not a she, yeah. There's there's a sun that she uses to attack people, but it could talk and it's hot. It's oh, wow. weird. But Sounds basically, awesome, the uh, pirate big samurai alliance has de- defeated Kaido and Big Mom in combat. The, the climax is Luffy defeating Kaido. And in this chapter, you find out what their new bounties are for uh, doing this. So the three leaders of the pirate crew, Monkey D. Luffy, uh, Eustace Captain Kid, and uh, Trafalgar Law, all have $3 billion bear, uh, berries, berries being the currency in one piece. They have... Uh, all scored a $3 billion berry uh, bounty, dead or alive. And that's in this little universe, it's absurd. Yeah. So basically we pick up this chapter that they're just going to have a big party. Like the whole country of Wayno is having a big festival to celebrate the deposition of their, you know, when Kaido was in charge, you know, regular people weren't allowed to eat. Like they poisoned, you know, just like real life. Uh, they poisoned mm-hmm. the water. The average citizens had to drink poisoned water and were getting diseases from the uh, poisoned water. Um, so yeah, this chapter is just basically them partying and they find out their bounties. And Luffy is named one of the four emperors replacing Big Mom Kaido. But here's the... Uh, so now the four emperors are Monkey D. Luffy, uh, Blackbeard, Marshall D. Teach, and Red-Haired Shakes. But the fourth emperor is Buggy the Clown. And Buggy the Clown is the first character Luffy fights in, like, chapter four or five of One Piece. Wow. And basically whatever has ascended him to the heights of being emperor of the sea happened off screen. So we have no idea how or why it went down. All you know is that he did. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And that's going to be like, you know, that's like our cliffhanger. Also, there is a a, a, um, a Navy Admiral who's touched down on Wayno. Basically, we've been shrouded in secrecy for this Navy Admiral for about a decade. We just knew that there's a new third am- Admiral. And then I think maybe five or six years ago, we got his name. And finally, in the last chapter, we finally seen him. And basically, he's nice. like, I'm going to make a name for myself by, you know, I guess, uh, you know, strangling these new emperor, this new emperor in the crib and attacking Luffy. And he has uh, plant powers, apparently. So that's where we're ending with this chapter. He's walking to the party to wreck shit. And <laughs> it's been announced that there's no chapter for another month. This is the last chapter until July 24th. That's oh, kind wow. of why I want to cover it. They have also announced that One Piece is ending. It's entering its <gasps> final saga. What? Which means it is ending. It's we're in the home stretch, but this most recent saga lasted over four years. So okay. we're in a home wow. stretch, but the home stretch could be anywhere between a year and a decade. And I'm not exaggerating because this thing just yeah. goes. And there's so many plot threads that we already know exist that haven't been addressed. 
So, so it's just kind of like, if you want to get into One Piece, you got a month to catch up. You read a couple of chapters a day, a day, it's really good. Or you can watch the anime. I absolutely love it. Also, in good conscience, I can't suggest anyone start it because it's insanely long and uh, people are made <laughs> out of free time. Yeah. <laughs> <But> it's, <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, I tried to do this with a, the least amount of spoilers, but like most of these proper nouns and things I said, unless you're steeped into one piece, they make no sense anyhow. So give it a look. <laughs> That's awesome. No, and um, the Shonen Jump Ad is, is only two bucks a month. Every chapter is on there in one piece oh. plus tons of other manga. But yeah, to get the app and get access to all these comics digitally on your phone, your tablet or your, your computer, it's two dollars a month. I mean, awesome. $2 to be thoroughly entertained, I, I I don't think you could go wrong with that. That's not bad yeah. at all. $2 I love for that. all those stories yeah. or $4 yeah. for one 22-page issue. I mean, yeah, yeah there's, there's some economics. Dragon there. Ball's in there, Naruto's in there, JoJo's Maybe. Bizarre Adventure, One Punch Man. And that's just the popular stuff that's like, in there. There's a bunch of off-the-beaten-path stuff, like, you know, literally thousands and thousands of chapters of comic books, you know. Japanese manga really but you know comics nonetheless so I just want yeah I wanted to give it a shout since they're going on hiatus and just to give that Shonen Jump app a shout no that's great thank you for sharing I love slow burn storytelling and I think manga is the place to find it you know like yeah no I think one piece has been running since 97 and it's by Ichiro Oda we know consistent Arthur Arthur author artist and i think part of the hiatus they're doing a one piece live action show for netflix mm-hmm. but he's being a lot more hands-on so part of the reason why to take the month off is because he's going to be on set trying to like make sure they don't f up his creation oh so, yeah i've that's I've, a good sign yeah, <laughs> i've seen the character like the actors that they've chosen for the, mm-hmm. the characters and that looks pretty good but that's not everything obviously right i everything yeah. i've seen of it looks promising i'm still like these things hardly ever work out, so I expect no. this one to not work out as well. But but everything yeah. I have seen between the casting and the set pictures have looked promising. But like also, it's going to have to be a very CG and effects heavy show that's probably going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So you know, One Piece or One Piece Netflix is always ready to pull the plug on something if it's a loss leader. So we will see. <laughs> exactly, they'll give it like three 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 days and then be like, oh no no, no other people are watching yeah. this. Yeah, no, go go talk to Jupiter's Legacy. Yep, and Cowboy Bebop. That's cool. Well. well, no, it was funny. The Jupiter's Legacy tie-in comics to that Netflix series were coming out maybe two months after yep. they announced the cancellation of the show. It was really depressing. It's so messed up. That is. But um, no, that's that's amazing. I mean, like, I'm, and I'm also happy to hear that there is going to be a an ending coming soon. I mean, like, what happened with Berserk is, is tragic. And, well, you know, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just hoping that you know everything works well and and also I know what you mean by like just saying this is the final saga doesn't mean doesn't give it really a timetable because um Andrew Levins who's been on the show before he's the guy mm-hmm. that I've spoken about who has read read the entire series of One Piece right before issue 1000 came out or volume 1000 came out he read it like in mm-hmm. two months and which is insane and so and but but, um, <laughs> but he also had, had had once told us there was a um there was a, a manga about um Brit not bridge it was it was some kind it of, was ma- not it was a mahjong is mahjong yes it's a mahjong it was a mahjong manga that's fun to say <laughs> and they have been doing the same game 
for like seven years <laughs> like oh wow chapter by chapter mm-hmm. because it's just it's just like everything every move is like some like they go through all the psychological reasons why they're doing it like how like you know all the advantages disadvantages yeah so they've been playing the, it's been the same like mahjong game for like seven years in this story so i can totally s- i can totally see how <laughs> something a little more exciting no offense to mahjong players can, <laughs> can go as long as they possibly want it to go you know like you know as a final saga so no um as this saga was coming to a close like i was talking to my friends that are really into web piece and then it caused me to look it up because i was just like wait how long have we how long have we been in this uh, country of Wado? And I went back and looked at the chapters and it was like, oh no, it started June of 2018. I was just wow. like, that's a long time yeah. ago because this final part, of, like, and they broke it up into acts. So act three that we've been in, it started, like I remember reading the first chapter of it at work pre-pandemic. So just this final crescendo of this big story lasted about two years. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah, but the thing is, is this, it's that it's really well crafted. The characters are really well done. So like, even though something like at part, I'm not going to lie, there's parts that I felt like, oh, this is kind of dragging, but you're so invested. The characters are so good that like, yeah, like what I, re- like I had, re- I realized that I was reading it for a long time, but I hadn't realized it was four years because like, I just enjoyed all of it so much. Mm-hmm. And there's a oh, reason it- why it's popular and it's realized it's been going so long. You know, yeah. it really, really is. I just sent over on our chat um, was this image that I saw a little while ago. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically the One Piece chapter timeline. <laughs> and it starts at 97 and kind of it's kind of a visual guide to like how long each of these story arcs have wow. taken. So it's pretty cool. And I can see. Yeah. Oh. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, someone else has sent this, sent this to me. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But I'm I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear though that like you know he gets to tell the story the way the way he wants to tell it and he has his characters going where he wants them to go so mm-hmm. that's awesome. Oh, that's I was awesome. gonna say it um on the uh, the uh, Berserk front. I think a new chapter of Berserk comes out this week. Oh, nice, very cool. nice. Yeah, uh, basically I, I forgot which mangaka, but a mangaka that was close to the Berserk mangaka. He was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. Before he passed away, he gave me his notes. He gave me everything. So he's working with uh the uh prior manga cast team and they're gonna put out the chapters and finish the manga that's oh, awesome I love that. that's, that's great super yeah. cool that's very cool now like is chainsaw man still in shonen jump right now i've heard that's really good uh i can double check i have not read it but I've give heard, me a moment i've heard that it starts out really bad and horny but then it becomes a good comic <laughs> or, or a good manga it is and, it's there oh good 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 96 then, chapters and then what was the other ones? I, oh, um, Spy Family, I've heard is really good. Spy Family, yeah. Everyone keeps asking me, they're like, are you reading or watching Spy Family? It's on, yes, it is on Shonen Jump as well. Nice. So good reason to pick it up, even, even if you're not really into Dragon Ball. Yeah. Or there's, other, there's other good stuff there. Yeah, no, My Hero's on here. Oh, I think Demon Slayer's on here. Just everything, not everything, but a bunch of stuff that's super popular is on here. And then there's a bunch of other niche stuff that's really really good that's on here as well very cool all right and god willing with one piece the the uh author claims that has claimed for years that he's known the ending for since the beginning so if something does happen to him god forbid but you know hopefully they'll be able to end it because he claims that it's all you know the, the story's written somewhere 
Mm-hmm. Plus, ho- hopefully, he'll get to live in retirement. You know, <laughs> like he'll get to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God willing, man. <laughs> yeah, but so, you know what? Nothing in life's guaranteed. So you just knock uh-uh. on wood and hope for the best. That's yeah. why you just spend your money now. Exactly. <laughs> That's my financial advice. Just not on Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> I was reading that Trevor Lawrence lost like what was it, twenty million dollars or something? Oof. Basically, he took his signing bonus in Bitcoin at twenty, Fuck like a twenty-nine that. million dollars signing bonus, and the 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 amount of Bitcoin that he had had been devalued <sighs> to the point that I think he lost twenty million of it or twenty-two oh, million of it. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. God, I hate shit like that. Oh, uh, just. First thing I think anyone needs to do is hire a financial advisor if they come into somebody. You know what? But I feel like in 20, was that in 2020, 2021, financial could. advisors were like, yeah, do Bitcoin, do Bitcoin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I so, saw during the Super Bowl with all those Bitcoin ads, uh-huh. or I think I was listening to a podcast, either that, either the podcast or a tweet. I don't want to, you know. But basically, it was just like, hey, you keep telling me Bitcoin. Is going to replace money. Money's never had to run a, uh, a TV ad. Money just kind of yep. is out here existing exactly. and we all use it. Money money doesn't have to pander to us. Money just is money and it, and it rocks. Exactly. Uh, like, that's a very fair point. <laughs> hey, kids, dollars. Aren't yeah. they cool? One of my kiddos um, in my uh, one of my groups, he found Monopoly money in a desk. And so he mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is real money. And I'm like, no, it's not. And I'm like, it doesn't look like a real paper dollar, like blah, 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 blah. So we're going back and forth. And he's like, if the government says it's real, then it's real. Yes, it is. And I was like, yes, you have, I'm like, you have stumbled upon an absolutely correct, uh, valid point. And I was like, you know, I'm like paper. I'm like, you know, so we're going back and forth about money and like, and I'm explaining it to him. And then afterwards he's like, so real money is not even real. I'm like, it's only mm-hmm. real because the government tells us And he's like, whoa, yep. <laughs> I blew that 10 year old's mind. And I felt yep. so bad afterwards. It's been like, that for a <laughs> like I was kind of proud of him for stumbling upon that fact anyways. That's and I'm like, well, right, right, like just understanding the yeah. concept. Yeah. yeah exactly. I'm like, oh, this is really like cool. The, 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 yeah, that's, that's a kind of a high brow concept in my opinion, like to like be like, oh, well this thing that everyone is agreed upon that this is what it, it is and how much it costs and how much it's worth like, is yeah, exactly. it's all because we believe that amount <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. you know that the, there's no there's nothing back there. there's no there's no gold behind it there's no there's nothing of value behind this piece of paper but then we made the agreement that if monopoly money becomes real money we're going to split what he found sounds good yeah <laughs> that's a good deal okay well i love it i love it too get kids are awesome okay well um I guess I can get going on my spotlight. Please. I only have two this week, but they're both big books, so um, I wasn't slacking off, I promise. Um, first is The Bone Orchard Mythos, The Passageway by Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, David Stewart, and Steve Wands from Image. I say David Stewart because that's how he's credited. He's usually credited as Dave Stewart. Um, and so, but I'll go with what it says on the, uh, on the book. Um, John Reed, who works for the uh, Canadian Geological Society, is called out to a lighthouse island to observe a geological phenomenon that had recently occurred on this said island. Uh, don't even need to watch a Robert Eggers movie re- that came out recently to realize how creepy lighthouses can be for a story. But yeah, it is creepy over there. And um, John, uh, who, due to a childhood 
trauma is deathly afraid of water so yes he's going out to the middle of an island on a little tiny boat so he's having the time of his life and he's um he meets sal uh who has been running the lighthouse and has been living on the island for 25 years straight uh, sal takes john to a perfectly round hole that suddenly appeared in the ground that has seems to have no bottom to it like at least nothing they throw down there you can't hear it hit the bottom so he what's he do you know he starts investigating he gets out his drone he puts his drone down into the into the uh the hole it's completely dark uh around 60 feet all of a sudden a weird red face appears and everything and then the drone just dies and so he's like oh shit that's you know, like, I'm, I can't lose this drone, so I have to, like, we have to figure out a way to retrieve it, but it's late, so we're, next morning we'll worry about it. Is the drone so, not, like, floating? Um, no, it, it literally lost power and just fell. But so, I felt like if you see a red, like, face and everything floats down there, no? Yeah, that's true. There, there was no balloons, so, so maybe, <laughs> ah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah. That was my mistake. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, he goes, he goes to sleep. Um, he hears some weird noises. He sees Sal naked outside doing something. Not sure why. Um, oh, before they went to sleep, um, she mentions Sal. Sal is short for Sally. And she mentions that um, that the light at the lighthouse has gone out. And and so um, he, so there's no light. He sees something weird. He has a dream. It's a dream that he's had multiple times. Apparently, it's a it's a memory of why he's afraid of water. It's because he was out swimming with his mom. His mom ends up drowning, and um, and so so that's obviously like he you know he was young, and so that's why he's afraid of water. Um, he goes to the, his mom's body. Mom's body is totally fine, except it's missing its its eyes, or the body ha- has no eyes. So kind That's of creepy. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some, there's some eye, eyeball imagery as well that happens. That's really creepy <laughs> as well. So like, yeah, um, I'll get into the art and everything in just a second here. But so he wakes up next morning, um, has breakfast with Sal, goes out to that hole. Um, Sal gets behind him and hits him in the back with a shovel, starts trying to knock him out, knock him down. And when he's asking why she's doing this, they oh, I need to get the light to come back. So he falls into that hole. That's not the end of the story. I'm not going to get into what happens next, but uh, if you are familiar with Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino collaborations like Gideon Falls, <laughs> you know that shit's going to happen. <laughs> like, this is this is definitely Gideon Falls like on steroids. Like, like it... Because Gideon Falls took a while to like kind of get started. This is like okay, we're we're on the first book that's coming out, and we're just gonna make it crazy. And like so, yeah, it gets pretty nuts after that. You know, even more nuts than getting literally knocked down a hole that might be bottomless. So it's pretty good. Um, the art, um, Sorrentino, like his art just lends really well to horror. Uh, very scratchy, um, very like. Like, 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 it's light, but at the same time, like, it's visceral. Like, it's hard to explain, but it's just like, yeah, I, I just love just the style of his artwork when it comes to horror, and um, he just works well with Jeff Lemire. And so, yeah, definitely, if you've read Primordial, was also good. It wasn't a horror book, um, 
but uh, yeah, but if you've read either of those, I would recommend this. If you like Lemire or anything else, obviously it's Lemire. So definitely <laughs> check it out. Yeah, that's the book you showed me the other day, right? Yes. Yeah, it's funny because we had this discussion earlier that if um, th- that art style, I really don't like personally. And then I was looking through it and I wasn't reading it. We hadn't talked about what the book was about or anything, but I was like, Ooh, you know, if this is a horror, if this were a horror book, this would be absolutely perfect because of the way that the faces are done. And then Brian was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a horror book. And I'm like, Oh, then the art style makes sense. And then it works really well. And I think encapsulates a lot of the feel of horror. Um, Especially like, I feel that horror books for me, horror is not, always like gory gruesome in your face or you know not like the Eli Roth torture porn Uh, to me horror is not always like 80s slasher flicks like you know in the sense of like that type of imagery but I mean like a lot of it it's like mood and existential dread right absolutely to me that's and yes Sorrentino's art does that very well Definitely. I cannot stand Tarantino. Let's not talk about him, but let's talk. <laughs> no, I said Sorrentino, the artist. Oh, Sorrentino. I said Sorrentino. Tarantino. Sorry. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We're about to get on a tangent. But yeah, Sorrentino is perfect for that. Um, and it's funny because, like, the faces, the faces are so mm-hmm. vague. If I think, if I think if that's a word to describe it. And, like, after that, like, I, I actually like the artwork now in that, in that. Um, setting we should do so, Gideon Falls sometime. I will read Gideon Falls yeah it's super I'll read good. it during our summer break oh yeah it's really good um, even though I have summer school and summer school to teach so never mind <laughs> well um no I make it part of the curriculum maybe <laughs> oh my god well, see, I would take I would teach it to like my older kiddos because the program we teach is K through five so hmm. once a day I for an hour I get grades four and five which is awesome and those kids we talk about anime we talk about manga we talk about video games a lot and and not in in a inappropriate way or inappropriate material but I know those kids watch and see things that maybe Mm -hmm. they shouldn't like Mm -hmm. today straight up they were like Miss Carrie Miss C how are babies made oh and I just looked at Noel and I was like uh you are how what grade he's like I'm going into fifth and I'm like the way that you asked me makes me know that you already know how he's like oh yeah I know how babies are made I'm like okay then let's not talk about this then (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so I I would totally have a comic book as curriculum but um I, I wouldn't be allowed to I'm teaching the science program the bitch who can't do math is teaching science for summer school this is so dumb so dumb but anyways that's my life go ahead well I, all i was gonna say as well is that um I, there was i i did mention robert eggers and the lighthouse on purpose because um i don't even and maybe that's why they use the setting because it has a lot of existential dread that that movie had oh so, okay so yeah that's definitely present so but yeah really good i like it awesome. so next um I love when Kickstarters come, by the way. This is like one of the greatest feelings in the world because you've been waiting for so long for it to come. Um, <laughs> I, I recently had this happen. It was uh, Filth and Grammar, the comic book editor's secret handbook by Shelley Bond, Imogen Mangle, Laura Hole, and Sophie Dobson from uh, Off Register Press. There's a lot other more people that uh, contributed to this, uh, but those are like kind of your main people. 
Um, but yeah, like I said, this was a Kickstarter. Um, I think we talked about it actually, like one of the first episodes of the ep- of the uh, the pod, maybe the first like DIY corner, maybe even was uh, talk about filth and grammar. Um, if you don't recognize the name Shelly Bond, actually I mentioned her last episode. Um, she's a, she's an editor. She's kind of a legendary editor. Um, she did a lot of Vertigo stuff. Um, Sandman is actually one of the things that she uh, edited. So yeah, she has. She, she has some, uh, some clout and, uh, and she decided that she was going to write this book basically tells you what an editor does. Um, it also tells you basically, because in her words says that like a good editor knows how to do everyone else's job as well. So she goes into the, what the writer does, what the artists do, what the like penciler, the inker, the letterer, the, you know, like basically the cover artist, like, like essentially Everybody that's involved in a comic on a regular basis kind of goes through every single bit, um, has gotten experts uh, from like from uh, all those different uh, criteria, like like the uh, like Sanford Green, David Walker, Neil Gaiman, mm. um, Philip Bond, Chris Bocciolo, a bunch of other people. Um, they basically kind of tell hot tips about like, their, you know, like basically what they do in, to create. Oh. And um, what's awesome about it too is that Yes, it is a comic. Um, besides, you know, it's kind of like one of those cookbook comics that, that we talk about every once in a while on this podcast, where you have like the recipes, but then you also have kind of like comics that go into the recipes. This, it's basically like this. Um, it's it's almost like a memoir about Shelley becoming a editor. Uh, Imogen, um, I've just lost Imogen uh, Mongol. I might have said Mangle. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, she <laughs> oh she God. was the artist of. Um, of, of these parts where basically it's like a, it's the story of Shelley's life as an editor, becoming an editor, what got her interested in it, um, how she met her husband, um, oh. who's Philip Bond, and um, and basically like working on like the all the different personalities that she had to work with um, to do Sandman and all that stuff. So um, and you also have like Mark, um, um, excuse me, uh, Mark Buckingham. Wow. Lost his name for a second there. Um, yeah, yeah. Mark Buckingham basically every chapter creating a, a comic, um, and like the writing part shows the script, and then you go into like the next chapter, which is penciling. He shows the pen the penciling of the of this particular thing that you saw the script of the last chapter, and as the story as everything goes along, because it's it's basically the the book is is set up chapter by chapter by like the process of of creating a book. Um, he, you slowly see this comic being created, and at the end of the book, it's like a three-page comic about Comic Con, oh, and you, oh, you, nice. you see it in, in completed fashion. Um, the book's pretty meaty. I mean, like that's like a two hundred page um, gra- graphic novel. Um, if you were part of the Kickstarter, it came with a lot of swag. It came with like a bunch of stickers and pins, and like like it came with a it came with a temporary tattoo which is yeah, awesome funny. um but like and like supposedly um they're gonna have filth and grammar at cons and they're gonna have a swag bag that you can buy as well like that has some of that stuff on there um that uh, you can get even if you weren't a kickstarter person um this book i'm pretty sure will be be sold um outside of kickstarter and soon um, it does have a, a, a UPC on the back, so that means that they're getting it ready for mass selling. So that's a good sign. I'm not. I wouldn't really be talking about it to like brag about how I have an awesome book and 
you guys can have it <laughs> unless I knew that like it would be coming out for everybody really soon. So yeah, uh, keep your eyes open because like there's so much more to editing than like I would ever thought of. And, mm-hmm. and also like if, if you ever like thought about like what an editor does or even if you're just like a comic book fan and you just kind of like, and you want something that just kind of helps like even like make you even appreciate what you love even more this is the book like because you because you see that you know it's not just like pretty pictures on a on a page and some some words you see what goes into it and it's it's pretty amazing and it's 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 a pretty book too it's not just like text like this could just been a textbook and it would have been wonderful but you get all these wonderful little pictures throughout the entire book so um yeah filthy grammar from uh shelly bond definitely recommend and uh, the other book I talked about was the Bone Orchard Mythos, The Passageway. I need to start doing that more often because I think I talk for a long time and then everyone forgets what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, do you guys have anything else to talk about about filthy grammar or do you want to head on to the main subject? It looks really good. I'm excited to read it. That's all. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's cool. I and mean, like in Philip Bond, who's one of my favorite artists, actually, he's kind of what got me into, into like reading alternative comics, actually, because like I was going through a mod phase in my early 20s and he was doing um the covers for a book called dead enders which is actually where i met um brubaker as well i didn't meet him um but, but you know what i mean like i, I discovered brubaker through dead enders as well but it was a philip bond covers that attracted me to, because he's got this very brit pop mod style of artwork that like you know just really goes well with like the music so you know i mean it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. So nice. All right. Well, I guess we can head on over to our main subject for the episode, which is another book about music, actually, and which um, wasn't chosen by me, even though I've been the, the music guy lately. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was about music, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, and I, I totally forgot about it too when I was making my list. Um, so I'm glad you did it because I like this book. Um, it's uh, Getting It Together by Sina Grace, uh, Omar Spahi, Jenny D. Fine, Mick Struble, and Sean Conant. Uh, and this was Richard's Choice. It came out from Image Comics. And Richard, if you want to give us a quick synopsis slash uh, why you chose this book. Oh, okay. yeah. No. Uh, well, I chose this book because I picked it up quite some time ago and I needed to make an, an excuse for us to read it. But also, I thought, <laughs> yes. you know, since this was going to be our last regular episode in a Pride Month, this has a lot of uh, LBGTQIA uh, creators on it. So I thought mm-hmm. it just felt that propos to read it. Also, I was very aware that it was a uh, music book. And I wanted to <laughs> stay on message. I was nice. very aware of that. And that did not catch me <laughs> off guard in the last minute or so. So, yes, those were the reasons why. Very nice. Oh, but yes, uh-huh. so getting together. Um, it's a slice of life book. I really enjoyed it. Um, our story opens up uh, with uh, one of our main characters. We have three main characters. There's uh, Sam, Jack, and Lauren. And Sam and Lauren have just woke, broken up. Uh, Jack is Sam's best friend, but he's also Lauren's brother. And he's kind of caught up in the middle. So Jack is taking, or excuse me, Sam is taking this break up very harshly. Mm-hmm. And Lauren's kind of like, I don't know what the big deal is. She, But 
it's weird because she admits that she fucked up, but she also saying she doesn't know what the big deal is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what happened? What had happened was <laughs> they were under having discussions of maybe opening up their relationship, and you know, but they were having preliminary discussions, and uh, Lord like immediately went and fucked somebody. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Sam did not take it well. Mm-mm. And someone in her band too, so someone intimate. And well, well, he doesn't know. He didn't know that at first. But yes, oh yeah, yeah someone that's true, is, true. like it's someone in a band in in her band. Um, basically, uh, yes, Lauren's in the band. The band's called Nip Slip, which I was just like, <laughs> that's actually a really good name for a band. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like a band with a female lead, I was like, you know, Nip Slip, I, I kind of like it. It's just <laughs> provocative enough, but like without being super perverted. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, no, no, I actually really enjoyed the name of that band. Um, but yeah, so she slept, uh, slept with one of her bandmates. She hasn't told, uh, she hasn't told uh, Sam this, but of course her brother knows. Basically, he's both their best friends, and you know, Jack is constantly caught up in the middle, and uh, Jack himself is, you know, he's dating in quotes and it's more he he is uh, actually gay and it's more that like he meets a man he uh believes this man's the love of their life his life immediately hooks up with them and then kind of is left feeling empty and wants to find somebody new immediately afterwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) which this book was very enjoyable and sad and bittersweet because I know this person. Like, I know a human yeah. being that behaves exactly like Jack or behaved exactly like Jack, yes. a friend of mine. So, so, like, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, this, I really enjoyed this book because when I read slice of life uh, books, they're usually period pieces. And maybe this is a period piece because this kind of does remind me about things that were happening in my life. 10 to 12 maybe 10 to 15 years ago mm-hmm. like when I was in my mid to you know mid to early early to mid 20s like these are conversations that I had like I didn't know anyone that was in a band but like a lot of the relationship stuff is stuff that like I either went through or I was at least adjacent through through friends mm-hmm. so like it just it felt super super relatable it's weird to think of the early 2000s as a period, but yes, I think it is. Right, right. That's the thing. I, I wanted to say it was, con- like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, this, like, this book feels contemporary. And I was just like, no, no, this book feels like my ma- my life a decade and a half ago. And that's not contemporary, though it does. Uh-huh. Though it feels that way. It does feel that way. It does, definitely. So um, we flash to um, uh, Tim Goes to Work. He's talking to his friend Tim, who, or excuse me, Sam goes to work, who he's speaking with his friend Tim, who's uh, also gay. And like, Sam's just kind of a hot, depressed mess. And Tim, Tim is like, uh, like if, if Jack is like uh, getting his like gay guy sea legs, Tim is just kind of like, he, he has himself figured out a lot more than Jack does. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, we just see, we see Jack in another series of hookups. And then we see Lauren with her band, they're practicing, but like there's there's tension there. There's just the constant amount of tension between her and the band up until the point that uh, they're at a party or, or, or we're flashing back to a party. And basically that's when we find out that like, oh, they're, they're having the conversation. Basically, I think uh, Lauren's kind of expired by, there's a girl named Mai who's also in the band 
who basically started her band because she was inspired by Lauren. Mm-hmm. But like Lauren is kind of inspired and slash jealous by like Mai's like that like Mai's not super successful, but she's she's more successful than Lauren is for someone who started after her. Yeah, and she yeah. just seems freer than Lauren. Yeah, and you could see that Lauren is definitely envying her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think this is what basically is the catalyst of Lauren. You know, they're talking about opening up the uh, relationship. And this is kind of when she sees Ashton and that's like her potential person she'd want to hook up with. Um, but they do have a show. Uh, one of the guys that uh, Jack is kind of dating slash hooking up with, Tim basically tells uh, Sam that, uh, no, this guy is a hot mess. Like I've dealt with him before and he's going to steal all your friend's stuff. So Sam shows up at this uh, performance and he gets all very broy, and he gets the guy to give uh, Jack all his stuff back and like, you know, basically tells him that they're not going to see each other again. And um, there is a, a, about to be a scene because <laughs> at this point, Sam has found out that the uh, bandmate Ashton is the one who slept with Lord, but and he basically started, showed up to this party to cause a fight. But, uh-huh. you know, after the whole situation with Jack, it kind of calmed him down. And like him and Lauren kind of share a hug and try to like commit to being friends and they leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And that shit ain't going to work, man. Mm-hmm. I-, I will tell you this about relationships. I am no sage. I've got all the expertise in the world. But when you have all those emotions riling up, love, you know, anger, hurt, whatever, <gasps> you can't just be friends. Nope. Not that quickly. Uh-uh. <laughs> Early 20s hormones also. No, no, yeah, no, those wounds are too fresh and you cannot mm-hmm. just be like, okay, no, no, we broke up today, but tomorrow we're just gonna we're gonna be a mature adult to be friends. That ain't that yeah. ain't how it works, baby. Beasties. <laughs> no. Beasties. Not so, besties. um... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we come back to uh nip slip is doing a performance and a uh a rec or a r uh person from a, a record labor bfd records happens to be at the show and really likes their stuff so basically she's like hey you should come down and audition because we're trying to you know manage some bands like not like it's like basically like a soft record deal like come through we're doing some festivals we'd like to get some indie bands so it's like a not a full-fledged record deal but basically like a little proto deal Uh for us to see you know what you got and uh and see if we really want to sign you full term so lord is very excited about it the rest of the band's kind of like but we kind of like our little indie stuff that we're doing and it's Mm -hmm. like working well for us so they're kind of split on that. Lauren and Sam try to go out for coffee as friends. And predictably, it does not end well. Um, it's interesting because Lauren seems like the more mature of the two. But like she's also emotionally immature. And Sam just keeps putting his foot in his mouth and causing a scene. But like they, neither one of them is, is messed up. Like, like, like neither one of them is handling this well. Oh, and basically, yeah. uh, Sam says something very rude mm-hmm. uh, and would eventually mm-hmm. get some punched in the face. <laughs> Deservedly so. Yes. Deserve- oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we don't condone violence, we- but <laughs> yes. 
oh, well, why don't we condone violence? Okay, I, <laughs> I don't condone. I think we. I think I, I was gonna say I think we condone violence. We're just not out here propagating violence. That's true. <laughs> like, like I'm like I'm, I'm not gonna be violent, but yes, some people do deserve to be punched in the face. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. And if I there's can. somebody out there willing to do it, then yeah, by all means. <laughs> so we flash to uh to Jack who's discovered Tinder, which that's not gonna be healthy for him. <laughs> and uh after the incident, uh Sam wants to just go drink and he ends up at the bar where Annie, uh one of the, the members in uh Lauren's band is the bartender. And they're hanging out. Then they're drinking together. And of course, they eventually kiss. And of course, as they kiss, Lord walks into the bar. It's a whole drama. Mm-hmm. So now we have more tension. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, or Jack's hooking up with another dude who, of course, is going to be another love of his life. And that's going to not end well either. So basically now they're all in a place where they're all volatile. They're all not speaking to one another. I think uh, Lauren wants Jack to stop being Sam's friend, but like Jack's like, but he's my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get to a place where Sam is avoiding Jack because he's like, well, you're going to go tell your sister anything I say. And also Lauren's band, they're still working together, but between, you know, two bandmates fucking each other and then the other one making, kissing the, the other bandmates ex. Oh, the tension's at a fever pitch, basically. Mm-hmm. So the band tries to hash it out. And, you know, we'll see. It looks like it's not going to end well for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> nope, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, everyone's kind of, irre- irre- oh my gosh, I can't talk today. Um, not everyone's very likable in this book. I'll just go that way um and but But they're also not unlikable because like no one seems to be everyone seems to be hurting each other but no one is seems to be hurting each other on purpose everyone just seems to be like in their own immaturity and selfishness they make poor decisions that uh hurt the people that they care about which sounds like being in your 20s in a nutshell in all honesty Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like like there's very little malice in this book. Like no one's out here trying to like hurt or break anybody, but they're just kind of everything that they try to do seems to blow up in their faces. Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, the moment where Sam basically is like, everything I do is wrong. And like, I don't know like what, what to do. And he's like literally yelling into his uh, pillow. It is definitely like, Mm -hmm. That feeling, <laughs> I, I understand that feeling where it's like, I'm trying to do the right thing, but nothing's right. So, <laughs> like, what am I going to do? You know, like, how can I do this? But, yeah. And you also have, like, you know, a lot of early 20s rage in this. You know, like, yeah. Jack ripping up his computer. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, no, and I empathize with Sam. I feel like I've been there where you really love this person and they're just not interested in being in this relationship anymore. They do not hate you. Like they would love to mm-hmm. still be your friend, but like they don't have the same feelings for you. And you're like, I'm going to figure out a way to rekindle this. And that's just not the space that that other person's in anymore. And there's really nothing you can do about that, except learn to accept that and transition to the next, you know, situation, next part of your life. And 
Sam's just in this space where he can't do it. He's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is that um, I mean, like she's not just done with with like Sam or you know, right, right. She's and done she, with like she, everything in her in her life. Well, the thing is with Lauren is Lauren doesn't seem to know what she wants at this point. So yeah, she knows that or or she doesn't want to be with Sam anymore, but she keeps out of she's afraid of like diving into what the next chapter of her life is. Cause she I don't want to say she's leading along, but she does keep leaving the door open. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's unhealthy for both of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Never good. Also, um So basically go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Brian. No, no. I was gonna make a reference to Jubilee cosplay, but let's let's go ahead and go go first. Oh, there is a good Jubilee cosplay in here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, everything's coming to a head, but Nip Slip has a big performance. But before that, uh, Lauren kind of tells the group, "Hey, I don't know if I want to be in this group anymore. I kind of maybe want to go solo, and you guys kind of want to do your indie thing, and I kind of maybe want to sign to a label." So maybe our group's breaking up. And this is literally right before their big uh, show. They're, op- they're an opening act for another group called uh, Wish, Wish, Me Wish Me Luxembourg. Which is my band. My yeah, band, yeah. yeah. So they're opening for them. But basically, you know, they are, they try to hash everything out. But she said she wants to bring up the band. And then the... Uh, <laughs> The one member of the band, Eli, who has the least amount of drama, he's on the phone with his girlfriend and he comes in and he and his girlfriend had a big fight because she found out that he watches porn and freaked out about it. So now he has drama. And to the Jubilee cosplay, basically, Sam doesn't know how to speak to Jack about like his hookup addiction, I guess, or... Mm-hmm. whatever you want to call what he, what he's into so he brings tim in to be like hey can you like see if i'm reading the room like basically to be like uh his gay sensei or whatever to be like <laughs> hey can you read this situation for me properly and if i'm reading it correctly can you help me help my friend <laughs> and tim is sam's co-worker who's who's also yeah gay. he's he, who's also gay yeah yeah and but yeah he comes in and he is basically in Jubilee cosplay. It looks pretty damn awesome. <laughs> and he doesn't realize it either. <laughs> yeah. So um, Jack invites Bill, one of the guys he's hooking up with before, to come to the concert. But Bill brings his boyfriend that Jack didn't know existed. And then basically, they're like, no, we could be like, what, what do you call it? A triumphant? A, a triumvirate? A, 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 a thruple. A thruple? <laughs> And Jack, who doesn't seem to know how to say no, kind of is trying to roll with it, mm-hmm. but he can't. <laughs> this uh-huh. is not his life. Um, but yes, Nip Slip goes up there, and they kind of rock the freaking house. They, you know, they they do their darndest. They they put all their baggage, you know, to the side, and they they rock. And then once they get off stage, Tim is like, "This is the most boring experience." Everyone, let's do Molly. <laughs> yeah. oh, also, quick, quick uh, mention that Lauren did the last song by herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. She does do the last song on and her er- own. And everyone's commenting how great it was to have her yeah. by herself. So, sorry. Go ahead. I just figured. No, yeah. Don't think that they, that's an important detail. Yeah. So it's funny. Everyone's on Molly. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're able to speak to each other more clearly, except for Jack. Jack's Molly experience is very uh, traumatizing. He, yeah. He really hates the situation that yeah. he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren and Sam almost rekindled things. And then, you know, Lauren kind of realizes, no, like, I really care about you, but this is not what I want. Then she moves over to Mai. She's like, she kisses Mai. And she's just like, that kiss was dope. Also, I'm not a lesbian, and I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. what, what's going on? And then basically she uh, brings Mai to, to Ashton, the guy that in her band that she hooked up with, and then they end up hitting it off and start hooking up, and you just kind of see things from uh, Jack's worldview, and he is not happy, and Tim swoops in and rescues him. And basically, it's like, hey, man, get your shit together. Get your life together. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, you can't be in this situation. Like, like mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. He gives him the speech and basically like, dude, like, I've been there where you are. And like, you're going to get past it. But like, you can't be in, you can't keep putting yourselves in these unhealthy situations. Yeah. So and like, like spend your time more like giving back to the community than like right, right. Just, he's just like, yeah, yeah. If you're a proud gay, he's just like, if you can't figure it out, like there's plenty of there's plenty of work that needs to be done on behalf of our community. So mm-hmm. you could do that while you're figuring yourself out instead of trying to like hook up with every guy that you can find. And it's a healthier place to find people than than Tinder, probably. Yeah. <laughs> As well. So <laughs> one of my favorite lies. <laughs> he says, Sam brought my ass to this shithole because he can't tell if you're being a good hoe or a bad hoe. Yeah. <laughs> you straight. <laughs> and it was, I remember when I had a friend that he was kind of in the same space with uh, that Jack is in. And, you know, he was just like, you know, moving from guy to guy. He was bi, so it'd be girl one day, guy one day. And it, it just was super unhealthy. And like, uh, we would all work bartending shifts together. And uh, my friend uh, Katie would always say to him, or respect your vagina. Like, you can't just be happy your vagina. <laughs> it's not an acceptable vagina. just like, yes, yes, I respect my vagina. I know. It's just like, you can't just let anyone up in there. Yeah. You need to respect your vagina, my That's friend. That's awesome. That's good friend, friend advice. I appreciate it's, it's that. It's sex positive, but it's also telling exactly what, you know, like, it's okay. Like, don't let everyone in there. <laughs> no admittance. Have a doorman. Hmm? so then when we pick up with the story everyone's still kind of on there molly um jack kind of excuses himself from the trouble you know gets out of that situation and then lauren gets together with annie and the rest of the band and she's like god you know they have a real heart to heart where she's just like guys i definitely want to do the solo thing but that said the band shouldn't break up she's like you know trying to boost annie's confidence like yo you can sing the songs you guys are a great band you should do your thing. And then like, you know, we'll see what happens. But she's just like, I think this the space where I am, I need to be solo. Free. And then, you know, for his part, uh, Sam has started going on some dates uh, through Tinder, I believe. And, you know, he's trying to make it work. But then, you know, between all the back and forth between and Lauren, he and Lauren, his and uh, Jack's uh, friendship, kind of got strained and they weren't you know in a good space but while he's on a date he gets a text from jack basically saying that he wants to hang out later and you know it puts a smile you know things are starting to work out to a, to a poetry slam 
So, so they go to a pro retreat slam and basically simultaneously ask each other if they want to move in together cause because Lauren, Lauren is going to try to go move to L.A. and try to make it on her own as a uh, solo act. So she goes to visit the A&R that she met that wanted to sign Nip Slip and she tells her, like, I'm going to be a solo. And she's just like, but like, yo, Nip's, keep Nip Slip as candidates as well. Like they, they're a good band. So basically, like, they're going to be competing with one another. But uh, the, the A&R goes for it and she's just like, all right, I need you to be able to do like a 25 minute gig, you know, set. Except Lauren doesn't have any non-Nip Slip songs. Everything that she has is from when she was in high school. And she does not feel confident in it. So she's just sitting there writing, finding writer's block. She runs into Mai. And then, you know, and it just makes her feel worse because Mai, like, seems to have it all together where she can't get her stuff together. She finally writes a song and the people that she's staying with, she plays it for, you know, friends of hers that she's staying with. And they're like, we love you, but that song was trash. (laughs) (laughs) But they get her to step out. You know, she she flirts with a, you know, handsome-ish young man. She goes to a show, or she goes to a show where bands are playing, and of course, Mai is there again. And then she goes and she tells Mai, she's just like, wait, we're friends. Hey, why don't I just have you help me, help me out, because you seem to get it together. And with, you know, be, between like the humility of being able to ask for help and kind of plotting her own path she's able to put some music together we end with her you know premiering as lauren gold goose goose being a nickname that she and her brother uh call call each other you know like it's like a term of endearment in their culture Mm -hmm. and it just ends with her being able to perform solo and that's the end of the book (laughs) yeah that's yeah it was kind of a sweet ending um yeah, no, it was a very yeah. sweet ending. Like, everyone got, like, the right amount of closure, but, like, I feel like, like, it wasn't, every, and even in the little postscript, like, the creator said, hey, like, we feel very lucky that we were able to even do this book because it's not, you know, something that you make to sell a bunch of issues. It was obviously very personal to the creators, mm-hmm. but, you know, so maybe they'll come back to it. But, like, it has an ending where it's not like everything's tied up and everyone got their nice, happy ending, but it felt very real. Like, yeah, no these two friends made up and they decided, Hey, like, let's move in together. And, you know, we don't know if Lauren's going to succeed or fail, but we know that she's out there trying to make her own way. It was very Shakespearean. Um, like, like when it comes to like, co- like the Shakespeare comedies, uh, the way it ends, like where every, all your plots kind of get tied up and everyone has kind of a positive resolution at the end. And like, you know, like everyone, you know, the, maybe things are not complete, but like everyone's on the, what seems like the right path right no that they they were all scatterbrained in a mess to begin the story so at the very least like you said they're on the on a nice healthier path at the end of the book and i guess that's all you could really ask for exactly especially in your early 20s that's all you can ask for if you got your shit together in your early 20s then like you're way ahead of most people so i've been silent this whole time Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I hated this book. There, I mean, there's no offense. Not like, please, I doubt Cena Grace is listening. But if somebody knows Cena Grace that they are, you're going to tell them about what I am saying, please preface it with, I mean, no offense. But <laughs> dear audience, you were not here for the pre-talk I had with Richard and Brian. If you would have known Carrie 
many, 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 many lives ago, Carrie very much mimics a lot of what's going on in this book. <laughs> and that's why I can't fucking stand it. It's a slice it of life. Yes. It hit a little yes. too close to home. It hit a little too close to home. I was really annoyed with everybody. I, okay. I think if I were in my late 20s, closer to when things had happened, but far enough to where I had like evolved as a human, I would maybe have a little bit more nostalgia for it. I'd be like, oh, that was me. You know, like I understand. I was a cool kid once. I did these things. Um, <laughs> But now as a grown ass woman who needs to go to bed by 10 because she has to wake up early for her job the next day. And like, I have a dog child. I can't boring now. Carrie can't fuck with cool. Carrie from messy early twenties <laughs> who would have probably en enjoyed all of the drama. Um, I, I, I said something really mean yesterday. When after, after I read it, I told Brian, it wasn't worth the cost of my time that it took me to read it. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, that's a burn and I apologize. But like, that's how I felt in the moment. Like, I, the art was great. You know, it's entertaining. But I think, I think the slice of life trope only benefits a few people. It doesn't benefit every reader who reads it. And I'm not saying all books are supposed to be for everybody. That's right. stupid. And, and, and I don't believe in that. But I am not the audience for mm -hmm. this sort of book. And I think someone who reads it, like you gentlemen, or maybe somebody else a little bit younger, or maybe somebody a little bit more detached, I don't know. I, I think that Carrie now is very embarrassed of Carrie then. So I think when I see things that mimic Carrie, you know, 16, 17, 18 years ago, I cringe, not in like the <laughs> millennial way, but like in the physical, visceral yeah. way. I'm like, right, 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 right. Yeah, I like, I do, I remember that, and that's icky, and I don't like it. So I think like, no, no, no. You evolved out of being that person, and looking back yeah. at it, you kind of just feel I mean, bad that you used to be that person. Maybe there's legit shame. I mean, I, I was talking to you guys, and I was, I was being, you know, flippant and, and funny about it. But like, there are a lot of things. I think a lot of us do when, when before the frontal lobe has completely, you know, filled out and formed. You know, before we're actually like fully fledged adults, where we make some piss poor decisions. And it depends on your evolve. And I'm not saying like, I'm better. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just thinking in the, the course of my life and everything I've gone through, I've learned maybe a little bit too much to dissect what, just dissect myself and really overanalyze mm -hmm. myself. And in doing so, there are a few key things where I'm like, ew, yeah, I did that. So when I was reading the book, I'm like, ew, yeah. I know that, <laughs> like, I get that. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the most fun thing of looking into a mirror and seeing reflections of yourself. Cause sometimes that reflection is yeah. not very pretty. Yeah. So I think it's an enjoyable book. I think it's a very well-written book. I think, um, I think again, it's for someone else, but for me, I, I finished it and I was like Brian's like oh are you done are you done because you know we always have a little chat you know pre-show just the two of us <laughs> and I'm like yeah 
I finished it. Like I was pissed. Brian's all super enthusiastic to talk about it. You're just like, this put me in a bad space. I was pissed. I was just like, yeah, I, I finished it. Great. Okay, Thanks. time to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, just yeah, but like, but but I think the entire creative team was brilliant in the fact that there's so many different nuances mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a slice of life trope where they put it together and it's it felt very real and it felt very right. authentic and you're like oh, no like if you told absolutely. me that all they did was uh they this really happened to some of them or one of them and they yeah. just changed the names around i believe it because yeah. so much of the experiences that are in this book like like i said similar things were either happening to me or happening around Mm -hmm. me at that age like Mm -hmm. it felt part of the reason why I enjoyed it because it was just unlocking memories that I haven't thought about in like 10 years I'm just like oh and not all of them were good but it's just stuff that I hadn't thought about and it was just like oh my god like no this is how me and you know people in my friend group were Mm -hmm. and like again with your situation you're like Actually, I like not remembering that part of my oh, life. Yeah. We're not going back to it. But oh, yeah. for me, it was, there, there was a whole nostalgia component because I was just like, hey, like, yeah. like I, there's people who I could slot. Like, this person <laughs> is Jack. This person is mm-hmm. Sam. This person is Laura. This person is Andy. Like, I knew those people. And like, it really made me enjoy it more. <laughs> but me, I was all of them when I was reading it. <laughs> and that's what bothered and, me. I was like, ew, yeah, so, that's all of me. You know, it's it's one of those weird situations where, where I feel like the reason why you don't like it is actually something that is you know th- that's positive towards the book because absolutely because because like you know if this book wasn't like, as well done you wouldn't have these feelings mm-hmm. no. yeah exactly yeah if it couldn't rile those emotions up in you that it would be a far absolutely worse worse made poorly made product or whatever this is not a book problem this is a carry problem and i'm fully aware of that fully aware i get that i just hated it yeah and but not because of the quality no 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 no, no. it's just because like of the quality in the sense because like it made you think about stuff like i'm i feel like thinking about everything like i don't even have to have the book physically in front of me like i can get pictures in my head and I'm already feeling icky like yeah. I already feel feel gross again and I'm just like ew you know all these years of therapy like haven't helped shit because I'll feel weird but like you're getting it together Carrie I, you're getting it together I you know it's a long yeah. fucking road man yeah it is but we're always getting it together well, I, I will say this when people and I can't say it too loud because we do live with my parents but when people can accurately depict drug taking and i can remember feeling high when (laughs) like reading it i'm like ooh, that's a that's a well-written vignette i i really like everything that's going on i was like oh i remember those feelings shout shout out to those panels like yeah the the panels like the way it was constructed like with this Uh all wavy and everyone's like woo you know like yeah like that is yeah i just no you're right about that like um there's so many times, and not just in comics, you know, movies, TV as well, like even something as far as being drunk, I'm like, no, people don't look like that. They don't no. behave like that when they're drunk or on drugs. And like this kind of just nails mm-hmm. the mood yeah. and mm-hmm. the vibe of being on Molly. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like this is this is cool. A lot of actors always say that that like 
being inebriated in some sort, like pretending to be inebriated is like one of the hardest things to do. And I can imagine it's also when you're like trying to portray it in a book, you know, like, you know, you don't want to go too far, but you also don't want to play it so coy that no one realizes that like, you're not like fully there. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's that weird middle that you have to find. Also, I do love uh, another thing that was true to life is Tim offering the drugs where it's like, no, this fun thing is not fun enough. Here, yeah. here. Tim, Tim is like a, is like a raver. Tim is Tim is like the the club guy, and he's at and he's at some kind of indie rock show that's not his scene. So but, he's like, let's molly it up. But no, but the but the <laughs> thing is, is and this is how I know you haven't done drugs. <laughs> like the thing is with Tim, I think he's an exaggerated version of a friend a lot of us have had, yes. especially when we're single and in our twenties, where we're just like. It's the person that always has access to the best type of drug that you want. You never ask how they get it. You just know they have it. They always bring it to an And event. you don't necessarily a- ask for it. They just like, no, hey, you exactly. want some? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know that if it's, it, it, you can break it open in case of emergencies. Yes. And that's, Tim is definitely that friend. Again, I think Tim is an exaggerated version of it. But um, that's just my personal take on it. I'm probably I'm probably wrong, but I think um, he's definitely a friend that most of us have had, who where we're just like, yeah, we're still we still have these plans, but like, they may bring drugs, and you may be taking them because that's what you're going to end up doing. So, mm-hmm. pretty yeah, uh, it, it 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 wasn't for me. I hated the experience. I'm <laughs> upset about it right now, but um. I'm going to. Carrie's like, I hated it. Wasn't for me. Five stars, though. But I never want to talk about it or think about it again. (laughs) I I won't want to read it again. I I definitely not. And I will say this. I will say this. I did not like the ending at all. Okay. I didn't give a shit about Lauren at all. Um. Really? So I did not care about what the fuck. And and I think I was kind of upset that it focused so much in the last few pages on her. Yeah. Because I'm like, this bitch, I don't give a fuck about. I don't care. I I don't care if she makes that. I don't care who she's staying with in LA. I don't care about her at all. Because she was so unlikable. Because I think she was a very pathetic person. And I am really sorry if she is somebody like if this was based on real people, because I get it. We're all that age and we have all done stuff like this or akin to it. But I felt like I felt like other people could have also shared the spotlight of the ending. And I'm doing air quotes with my hands because like Lauren, to me, was one of the worst people that I couldn't, even Jack, good ho, bad ho, I get it. I could totally empathize with Jack. And so like, I I think they had a nice little cleanup ending, but at the same point, or at the same time, I felt like maybe he could have, I could have had more of them, you know, and, yeah. like, and, and more of like Annie in the band. Lauren, I understand like it were, a lot of it was focused on her and I was upset about that because I did not like her and I didn't want to know that um, more, more about her. I get it. Um, like, for what, how the story went, she had the most going on. Yeah. But yeah, no. But it did feel. I I can't even say like I hated it, but it did feel weird that like 
that last issue, she's just kind of the star of the book and yeah. everybody else is a background character. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Nip Slip may not even get a panel or barely a panel in that last issue, like the rest of her band. And, you know, we get a little bit on uh, on what Jack and Sam are doing and mm-hmm. then everything else is Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Um, Lauren, she's another one. Like, I've met someone like that where, again, there's not a, there's no malice, but like they're, I don't know, selfishly ambivalent might be the best way to describe it. And like her yeah. just, oh yeah, I'm, I want to do what I want to do. And I'm kind of ambivalent to everything else, just kind of sows chaos around her. And she, but she's also like, she doesn't have ownership of the chaos to like apologize or fix things because she's like, I'm not doing anything to hurt anybody. No. I'm just doing me. And like, but like doing you is like, fucking up the whole friend group, fucking up the band, and you're just kind yeah. of not being accountable for it. And, and I, I totally yeah. see how, like, that's infuriating. And I think you you pretty much hit the nail on the head because I think that's, like, I think that's why I did not like her was because it was sort of this, um, yeah, she was kind of, like, ambival- ambivalent to everybody. But to me... And I'm going to be ageist here. And I'm sorry. She seems <laughs> too fucking old to be fucking up that bad. Or to be so, like, like with blinders on. She should know better. Yes. Yeah. She should know better. <laughs> now, and the thing is that what's annoying is that you're, you're, her brother is basically telling her that, who's, I think, slightly younger than her. Yeah, Jack's portrayed as younger, I feel. Yeah, and he keeps, t- like, like, yo, like, you're hurting this dude and like, yo, you need to like get it together. And she's just like, yeah, I will. And it doesn't really do anything differently. doesn't really change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little infuriating. Yeah. I, I, I think that was a big, that was a reason that I was also so like upset about it. Cause I was just like, why, like, why did she, why did she get all the, you know, quote unquote closure because we were so focused on her in the last issue as opposed mm. to like, you know, I, I wanted to, like, if the the person from BFD Records was already in LA, did she already see Nip Slip in the process of us following Lauren and we just didn't know about it? Like, there's things with the band, you know, like, I, I don't know. I yeah. was a little bit more emotionally yeah. invested. I did like Annie um, mm-hmm. because I feel like Annie was an innocent, somewhat innocent person that got pulled into a shitty drama circle with... Um, Sam and Lauren yeah because Sam basic I feel baited her by like drinking having her drink with them and then being like a little bit flirtatious he essentially admits it actually huh he essentially admits oh then yeah Yeah. he admits it so like fuck you Sam yeah no 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 by just by going like you could drink anywhere and you're gonna drink with your ex's bed like yeah yeah yeah, it was intentional and he's yeah, all like, yeah, very... well, you can sleep with your bandmate, but I can't kiss one of your bandmates. Yeah, Sam's also awful. Oh, yeah. Um, Jack can be a bad hoe as much as he wants. I was I was a little more sympathetic with Jack. Or not Jack, sorry. With Sam this time around. Um, when I read, read it this, <laughs> for this episode. And, um, but I was, um, but yeah, Sam's kind of a jerk. <laughs> and, but, yeah. And I'm I'm happy though because I think the best parts of Sam comes out 
when he's with Jack. And so them living together, I think it's going to be good for both of them because um, they almost like oh, they're, yeah, both, yeah, that... they're, they're going to spy on each other um, with Laurel, you know, and tell Laurel what's going on. So it's kind of a good, a good oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I do feel like they'll live a healthier life being together and like calling each other on each other's BS than, than they would apart. Yeah, yes. Definitely. Absolutely. And maybe having that steadying presence in his, you know, life will help him kind of pull back from some of his own decision-making and be like, well, wait a minute, you know, because, you know, when like you have somebody in your life where you're equally chaotic or you're equally something and you're both making the same types of decisions, just maybe not on this, like the exact same. And so you're just like, oh, well, my one person who grounds me, like my best friend, my sibling, whatever, that person's also making insane decisions right along with me. Yep. So you don't have that like like that sounding board to kind of check you. So I feel like because Jack and Lauren were living together and they were both making chaotic decisions and they both needed someone to kind of stabilize them and they would have turned to each other because they were close and they were siblings. And yet when they did try, they wouldn't listen. So I feel like with uh sam and jack living together it would probably be a lot more healthy for both of them because they could kind of reel each other in and be like dude what are you doing you know mm-hmm. definitely yeah well thank you for having the book yep richard <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean also like we don't all need to love everything i feel like yeah. we yeah, had no, a nice no, healthy no. discussion about it exactly oh, yeah and you you disliked it for all the right reasons you know what i mean like like you're not you're not diminishing the book i i will say i will say this like on a personal note i have within the last year or so reconnected with my old high school friend group and i don't think they listen to this podcast so i think i'm i'm safe in saying this and they went to vegas together last summer and they were inviting me and i was like no thank you Cause that's not something I want to do. And then um, they were saying like, oh yeah, we were like day drinking and like hanging out and Carrie, you would have loved it. And I was just thinking, wow, you guys remember Carrie from, you know, 2001, 2002. She is not, not the same person anymore. Like Carrie can't hold her liquor. Carrie needs to go to bed early. <laughs> Carrie has an autoimmune disease. Carrie's allergic to the sun. Like there's all sorts of things <laughs> to where like Carrie physically and emotionally cannot handle a lot of alcohol anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was, it was just one of those things where I was like, wow, I have a label that stuck on me because I was a certain way when I was younger and like people, I, I haven't been able to shake it, you know? And I think that's a, that's a personal problem I have and so like I was just like okay well maybe this is not like the best thing you know I, I only talk to them via text I, I re- kind of refuse to hang out with them because I'm very like unsettled in a lot of stuff but like yeah it was just really interesting I'm like wow we don't shake our perceptions of people like even 20 years later which is insane mm-hmm. well yeah, they, they have a photograph of you of of that certain era, and yeah. they don't know you from any other era, so yeah. that's how they're going to see you. No, that's true, but I don't know. Yeah. Again, this has turned into Carrie's also. Therapy hour. I'm going to agree with him. Uh, agree with their assumption that that uh, day drinking stays universal. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, so when Brian and I went on our very first cruise in March, mm-hmm. okay, I was so excited. I was like, we never drink. We're going to drink. I had a drink and a half. Most of it spilled on my dress. I got so oh. tired from the alcohol. I fell asleep in our room and I missed the big ship leaving the port party. And I was, I slept <laughs> from like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 7 p.m. I slept for four hours on one and a half drinks. And I was like, wow. Uh, these are well drinks, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are, were well. And yeah. I was like, 21 year old Carrie would be disgusted with me right now that I was out there <laughs> dancing and drinking all night because I was like, oh, bedtime, you guys, time to go to sleep. Yeah, it was really bad. That's sad. There's yeah. nothing funner at this stage than bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. At this level of the game, like I'm like, oh, so we can just get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sleep is great. Yeah, yeah, like um, that's find everything around nap times and uh, uh, and bedtimes. Yeah, please. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it, please. If if you're so inclined to have a little bit of your early twenties, mid twenties nostalgia, pick up the book. Um, it's available in physical edition and um digital copy mm-hmm. it's on comiXology unlimited no we had oh, to buy no. it no we, we bought it we yeah. bought it so it's on comiXology you can get it um it's it's a trip i'll just say that yeah. you know read it if you're into it it's a music it is music based so yeah. that's something that you're um into as yeah. well um i've never read um i don't think i've read anything else by omar spahi but i've read definitely a lot of cena grace and i like cena grace a lot and um, but I definitely I, I need to check out more Omar Swahi personally because I like like I said I like this book so like I think they did a good job together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but yeah, the art <clears throat> all together is definitely I know that you're suffering from a cough, but that was the most poorly timed like <laughs> it was right after the art, and I was like, oh no, I that's like I apologize. He's sick. <laughs> Listen, it did. I'm gonna be quiet. No, 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 no. no but um, no. In all, in all honesty, the the artwork is is great. Um, definitely enjoyed it. And uh, I, Cena does the last part, the all the Lauren stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then like because they totally like that last part of the book does have a different vibe than the rest of the book, so it makes sense that it has a different artist. But but yeah, it um all together, yeah, definitely enjoyed her thing and um mx struble um i i i enjoyed their artwork as well i know they just do the coloring in this but so yeah a lot of good talent on this book <laughs> no a lot of good talent also i mean we've said this before the other things that we've covered but it's just nice that like oh no yeah there's not a lot of books like this like yeah. also i don't think we uh mentioned it but like uh i forget uh which country they're from, but they're uh, Lauren and uh, Jack. They're, I guess, Muslim Americans. But like you know, the, it's it's not your traditional cast, basically. Mm-hmm. My yeah. boy, yeah, you know, yeah. there's different shapes and sizes and body types and ethnicities. You know, gay, straight people. So it's just you know, there's people that are di- uh, that are di- identifying as bears, people that are identifying as twinks. But it's just kind of like very diverse, different type of book. So it's worth you know checking out just in that mm-hmm. vein as well. Definitely, absolutely. I think they were uh, both half Persian. Is half Persian, yes. Yeah. So, okay. well, do you guys have any other 
You want to talk about, about the book, or do you want to move on to our second to last portion of the show? Let's move on. Yeah. All right. Getting it together. It's fun. It got it, it together. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, since this is our last episode of our season, episode 80. Wow. 80 episodes. That's pretty amazing. Um, the... Um, what we like to do is uh, we always like to kind of talk about the last 10 episodes and, and basically talk about what our favorite book was of the of those episodes. Um, how about uh, Carrie? Uh, why don't you go first? Oh. Um, do, do you know? or I don't or, know. Do you want Richard to go no, first? Or? Uh, oh, I know. I just have to find the name of the book. Okay. Okay. So, hi. The, um. Oh, God. Was it Murder Falcon? Okay, actually, don't, um, don't think I'm being weird, but yes, it was Murder Falcon. Oh, um, I guessed. Yeah, you guessed. Well, we, I mean, Brian Sheets, because we, we talk about this stuff, you know, on our own. Um, I really liked Murder Falcon because I was so surprised by it. Hmm. I um, didn't expect, now, I'm not saying like the twists of the twist in it, but I didn't expect something so, for what I'm going to say, hokey, to have so much meaning in it. Um, mm. I think that there was, I think it could have gone down a path of being really silly or really over the top or really whatever. It could have been some kind of extreme version of, you know, whatever. But it was so well done and there was so much. It's funny because looking at the two books, Getting It Together and then Murder Falcon. So getting it together, I had more expectations of for me to like. Murder Falcon, I had no expectations because I was like, this shit sounds dumb like it's the name right <laughs> it sounds yeah. dumb I'm like whatever brian brian's so Brian choice i'm gonna have to fucking read it whatever yeah and i really liked murder falcon because there was a lot of things that i could vibe with and that i could understand and, and again they're hitting and it's not because of the books has nothing to do with the books. It has to do with me because I love to make things about me. I am a Gemini, <laughs> God damn it. Where I'm like, okay, old Carrie now really hates being reminded of young Carrie. Old married Carrie now really likes to know about what other married couples go through. And I'm not saying like what um, in Burger Falcon um, main character name, I forget what he was going through as far as just like, like the cancer diagnosis and like the break, like the breakup of his marriage. I'm not saying that those things are fun, but I'm saying like Carrie now understands those nuanced things better than Carrie now understands the things and getting it together. And I think books are written for different people at different points in their lives. And I think that's why reading is so important. And that's why I think we all have to read lots of different things to get different perspectives, because I think we'll be surprised at how things affect us. I, and I think so 
I think that's why I enjoyed Murder Falcon was because in Murder Falcon, I wasn't expecting a lot and I got a lot out of it. And I had put expectations on getting it together when Brian told me about it. And then because he had read it, Richard chose it, I was going to read it. And then like, I, (laughs) sorry, that's our dog. And then, so I read it and then I totally was disappointed in how I felt reading it again that's not a burn that is just how I interpreted the book and how I did not like it I think both of those books for different people at different times would be just as equally superb and on par so I I I think I I think that's why certain books I like for certain reasons during the like I would say during the school year um but like during our season is because it hits me differently. Like with Bitter Rue, I really enjoyed Bitter Rue. And I think it's one of the best books we've ever read for the pod. But I, and, and I like it, but it wasn't my top. But a lot of the things that are that the Sangarees are going through are allegorical to what we're going through now and what Black Americans go through now in our nation. It's just like, you have to be in a mindset to be willing to accept the things that those books are giving you. And maybe yeah. in like 10 years, I'll be able to read getting it together. And be like, Oh my God, I remember being on Molly or, Oh my God, that was so crazy. Like, ah, and then I'll, nip slip. I'll remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. Nip slip, you know, and then I'll be able to like, enjoy it more. But, you know, I, I, I just think, and I, that's why I appreciate like when we talk about our, what our favorite books are from the season, because, I think we all have different ways of interpreting what a favorite means to us. And so for me, it's something that I can connect with on like a, on not a deep emotional level, but on some kind of like nuanced emotional level where I'm comfortable because if you know me, I hate being uncomfortable. I don't mm-hmm. like uncomfortable mattresses. I don't like uncomfortable situations. I need to be comfortable <laughs> at all times. And so, um, yeah, that's why I liked uh, Murder Falcon. Yes. Right. I, I will say, just to piggyback on that, Murder Falcon surprised me, because even when you start the book, like, it definitely seems like one type of book, and then when mm-hmm. you get to the end, you're like, oh, well, that was a journey. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the D- Duo Powerbomb just came out. Um, uh, what was that? Last week. Uh, Duo Powerbomb. Um, oh, okay. Is, it's his new book. It's about wrestling. And he does the emotional gut punch within a few pages of the book instead of waiting like till issue three or four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, but but yeah, it's still really good. Um, so but no, I, I'm glad well, I'm glad that, that you enjoyed that one because I, I picked it and I feel superior now. I'm a Richard while I wallow in my superiority. Um, why don't you tell us what your book of the oh the my book that I enjoyed the most this season? Uh, shout out to Darcy was uh, the book of human insects mm-hmm. by oh. Osamu Tetsuka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're close. always gonna get me with something that's super trippy. Like the whole time I was reading that book, I just kept asking myself, what the hell's going on? it was just super bizarre i enjoyed every moment of it i honestly didn't know like you know tetsuka outside of astro boy so i didn't know that he had done more mature like trippy stuff like this and then also just um in narrative like whenever i see a story or movie if it's well done and either 
the ending is really dark or the villain wins in the end, it's always a story I appreciate more just for the fact that like, we don't get a lot of those stories. You usually get a happy ending at the end. At the end of um, uh, the Book of Human Insects, it's like, no, no, the villain of this piece is going to get everything she wants and mm -hmm. screw you. And I'm just kind of like, Sometimes Ow. life happens that way. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it, 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 mm -hmm. real life in a nutshell, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> like, oh, this, this person who's completely awful, who deserves... Mm -hmm. To get their comeuppance? No, no, the uppins will not come because that's just how things break sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a huge fan of character growth, but sometimes a story like that where they're mm -hmm. the main character really doesn't have much character growth and like and wins even though they're they shouldn't. You know, it's still it's it's a good twist. Um, there was um, so yesterday came home and there was a movie on. I'm not gonna say what movie it was. It was a western, and. Um, we're watching it and basically there's a gunslinger who decides to hang up his guns and go back and live a peaceful life but then he's forced to put his guns back you know on and and um and then and and basically you know take out a, take out the bad guy and i was telling and well one i've seen unforgiven you know like like i've seen this before and two um i was telling carrie i was like if he doesn't get killed at the end of this movie because of him, because 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 he decides to go against his character growth, and 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 like decides that violence is the answer, then I'm this movie sucks. And sure enough, he wins, and every you know, and like he rides off to the sunset because you know he's a badass. And, and I was like, yeah, this movie's stupid. I hate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. thank God my father's going deaf and couldn't hear all the vitriol that Brian was spewing because I was like, oh my god. I was saying low enough where I wasn't going to offend anyone. You know, <laughs> everyone has their own opinions about movies and stuff. You know, but I'm just saying, as a as as a movie nerd, sometimes I kind of have to put on my pompous asshole uh, hat and, and judge a movie by by that terms, those terms. So you know, wow. Unfortunately, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I've always been like team empire strikes back over everything which is not like the hottest to take but like yeah when you're at that end seat it's like luke mm -hmm. just had to get a new arm han is stuck in carbonite and they don't know exactly what they're going to do next and then the credits just hit i'm like yeah that's how you're in the movie man yeah. <laughs> oh absolutely that that is a legendary ending like and then like and the fact that like lando who you're still kind of sus about like whether or not he's good or bad and he's like there consoling them so it's like where's that gonna go you yeah. know like yeah there's yeah i mean yeah that's a, a monumental movie wow um, yeah and i watched yeah, blood sport the other night that's a good oh movie. wow i haven't seen that in years if <laughs> you have oh like if you get the pluto app which is for free oh, it's on there it's on the oh, movies nice. on demand Cool. Oh, I watched it at 2 a.m. And I laughed my ass off because I was like by myself. But I'm like, oh, this is the funniest shit I've seen. But I was also like delirious because I hadn't been sleeping well and it was 2 a.m. So. Anywhere, anytime. I'm there for you, brother. Don't you malign the good name of Ray Jackson, my sir. He was a real one. Yes, he was. That was a great movie. All right. Well, I chose... I chose Bone as my favorite. Huh. Um, I mean, like, is the reason why it's considered like what it's considered like as like a classic 
and um, I I see a lot of books nowadays that basically uses that can that seem to use bone as like the you know like how that book is going to go you know like the framework is is from bone and the bones is from bone um i didn't think about it that way but but yeah um just not there's not much of anything that's unenjoyable about that about that book or that series um i can definitely be one of those things where i'm pushing it onto any younger nieces or nephews you know like read bone like it'll make your life better and it's really sad that like it's not being turned into into a movie or a tv show early time soon yeah. you know because it'll reach a further audience but but yeah i mean i mean you had your hot take about Empire Strikes back and i'll have my hot take you know bone it's pretty good you know like <laughs> yeah so. no, it's funny i was just thinking to myself the other day i was like maybe i should just read bone volume two today because no mm-hmm. no Certain certain books, I think the uh, best way to describe them, it's not about good or bad or giving a grade. It's just super enjoyable. Like I'm Absolutely. like, if you read Bone and you don't enjoy it, like I question, like I question you, like what's wrong with you? Because it's just <laughs> very, it's very effervescent. It's very fun. Good characters, surly characters, but it's a world that works. There's action. There's you know cuteness and cartoony stuff. You know, it does get a little dark too. Like it, it, just in that first volume, it had a little bit of everything in there, and I'm like, how can you not enjoy this? Like, mm, I really question sure. anyone that doesn't enjoy to, to a borrow book like that. To borrow a British term or a Australian term, it's definitely Moorish, where it's just like you know, like it's enjoyable and you just want to consume it. You know, like mm. as much as you can. <laughs> like, let's okay, let's oh, like more M O R E hyphen ish. Mm. Yes, not like Moorish, like the Moors. <laughs> no, not like the Moors. Like the yes, the yes. never-ending swamps. Yeah. Okay. No, no, like Moorish. I was like, what does this have to do with black Muslims <laughs> from Spain? <laughs> <laughs> and then Did I thought to myself, it? he meant the moops. He meant moopish. <laughs> yes. That's the joke for like. Well, a few people, a lot of people have seen Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so yeah, I, um, yeah, that's on my list of things to read. Like, um, along with like Hellboy, and all of a sudden, like yesterday, I was looking at the Marvel Star Wars stuff, and I'm like, wow, I kind of, you know, stopped reading all those. I should just start from the beginning and read every single Marvel Star Wars oh book. And I'm God. like, Brian. You have too much stuff to do, too much stuff to read. Your video game pile is huge. You have a podcast where you have to read books. It's like, get, no, 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 no. On that note, if anybody would like to start paying us so that way Brian can quit his real job, help pay for my private insurance, throw Richard money as well. And so that way Brian can just do his one passion of um, reading, playing video games. Did you say eating and playing? Oh, you're oh, yeah, reading and playing video games. That would be fabulous. By the way, that um, would be fantastic. We're uh, we're open to any Patreon things that we should start doing. Any ads? You know, I don't mind um, reading ads for you. Yep. <laughs> Neither yeah. do I. <laughs> no, I think. No offense, Brian, but I think out of the three of us, like Richard and I have the best radio voices. I think so too. And um and you know, I'm doing also Richard's uh, always for sale. <laughs> uh yeah, hashtag yes. 
second best. I'm the, I'm, I'm the one who's doing the main main talking on the podcast, not the one with the worst voice. No, I'm not saying um, worse. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think we have the ability to sound very sultry in yes. reading your ads. Well, maybe you guys want to write, do the reviews uh, for our TikTok and it's, um, Instagram. I was just thinking, I just said I'm always for sale. I was like, we're going to get inundated with a bunch of like one American news ads. And I'm going to oh, no. be like, oh, I wasn't on sale for this. Oh, God, we have to be very specific. <laughs> no. We're willing to do ads, but we, they're a part of our principles as well. <laughs> yeah, like we're not we're not going to be selling something that we don't like. I'm not, I'm not pro, uh, you know, shitting on people and destroying America, oh, unfortunately. This, this episode has been brought to you by Dogecoin. So I have actually, this is totally off topic, but like just that it makes me very, very happy. I have in, at our school um, that we teach at, they recently installed during the short summer break between end of school year and summer school, they've installed um, free tampon and pad machines in oh, all the bathrooms including the quote-unquote boys bathrooms and it's so awesome to see that accessibility oh. for uh, transitioning kids or trans kids or whatever because like even though we've had some weird reactions by the kiddos who go to use the bathroom because they're like what the, you know like the, obviously these aren't these things aren't being brought up in the home but like it is really cool to see the school district kind of embracing that ideology, and even though it's quiet support, it is nonetheless support. So it's very yeah. nice to see that everything counts. Absolutely. Um, the, the funny thing is that, uh, like, I want to say a few years back, maybe I was listening to a podcast, and someone was just like, "Tampons should be free. Tampons and pads should be free." And I was just yeah. like, and and I thought immediate time. time thought to myself like that was a radical idea like you can't just make stuff free they're like we need them and i was just like oh yeah there's no need to be that that should not be a for-profit product you should not yeah. be making a profit of it and so it's, and it's not like it's like like food where there's better food and stuff like that it's like there's you know. some staggering statistic where i think it's like 70 percent of school-age children like uh um anybody with a vagina who's school-age um like 70% of those people will not attend school because their families cannot afford um, pads or tampons for them. Like, that's, that's insane. Mm -hmm. So a lot mm -hmm. of like, you know, menstrual product companies will do drives to be like, let's, you know, provide these for, you know, people of like, you know, school age people that who menstruate and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's awesome. But they're all, they also just need to be fucking free. Yeah. Like, I no, mean, no. And yeah. When I was talking about when I listened to the podcast and it's again, I don't wear pads. So it's something I never thought of Then I was mm -hmm. just like, oh yeah, no, that they probably should be free. And then I thought about like freshman year of college, you can go to like the student, you know, health department and they would just have um, like condoms in a jar because oh, they yeah. wanted you to be safe and you could just take as many as you needed and be on your way. And I was just like, well, why didn't they have a thing of tampons and maxi pads? Because yeah. people yeah. need those too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a health item. It is. Yes. And, yeah. it's, and it's not something really you can't and I mean, I, Right. Yeah. And it's like, I, I haven't been in like, a, you know, one of those college health offices and, you know, a decade and change but I was just like, I hope it's changed now. But like, it, it, it's just funny how like, that's one of those things that's just a blind spot for someone like you know hey i'm a guy in his 30s yeah. i you know i 
didn't think of this. And then as soon as you bring it up, I'm like, no, no, that's actually, no, that's a good idea. And I get behind it a hundred percent because it just makes sense. I carry extra because I can't tell you, especially working at a mall, countless times I've been at said mall in the restroom and you hear a person who has started their period and be like, oh shit. Oh my God. I don't have any. I mean, it, it's not even like an afford an affordability thing. It's just like, even at we're human, we don't even always understand our own cycles because everything affects it. So you may not even know mm-hmm. like when it's going to mm-hmm. happen. So it's just like, I have, I mean, I le- legit, I, it's like the, it's like the auntie thing to do. I carry like different sizes of tampons and pads in my big ass purse. And when someone comes like, we'll come out and I'm like, I got you. What, what do you need? And it's and I just open up my little bag and like, I've given it, <laughs> I've given it, given them out. And they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And I'm like, just when you have, if you have the ability do it for someone else, because that's how we take care of each other. Yeah. You know, very cool. Yeah, teamwork will make the dream work. Absolutely. Bone was really good. The comic. Bone was really good. Oh, yeah, sorry. We went on a pad. No, but I'm glad that we, I love having these tangents with I <laughs> no, no, my favorite my favorite uh part of Bone was all the tampons and the menstruation. Oh yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's extra 45 pages in the middle, like we're but no that's something <laughs> also that like should be more normalized adult you know like every you know half the population menstruates um and like you know it's like more, more than half yeah, yeah. yeah more than, exactly yeah and, uh, and more and of the, them than us right that's why we can't yeah, that's, that's that's why true. they're our enemies <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i mean like but i'm just saying it's just like uh, you know it's it, it shouldn't be as as demonized. Yeah, it's gross. It's weird. I mean, that's not weird. So that's my problem right there. Is why I just said that. Right, right. Wording, the Brian. thing is, is that yeah, we have this very immature thing that like it's gross and weird. It's like no, it's pretty natural. And like yeah. if we just behave normally around it, then it wouldn't be that you wouldn't have that preconceived notion. Oh, it's gross. It's weird. It's just it's something that happens. And if it's normalized, <laughs> also it's less likely to be like litigated upon. As well, like well, if it's a normal, if, well, it's, if it's viewed as, yeah, Brian. I, if we don't litigate against it, these women will think they're equal, and God yeah. knows we can't oh, have no. that. Oh, oh, there's, there's a really quick. I know we've been on a tangent. I'll make this quick. Oh, no, I'm not it's... editing that much tonight, you guys. Okay, so there's a great Ali Wong bit where um, she's Wong. pregnant and she's doing her stand up, and she's saying how like um, there was she was on a date one time, you know, pre marriage, pre baby. And she was um, talking to the guy and they were, you know, getting into it, but like they hadn't, you know, done major stuff yet. And so she pulls away and she was just like, you know, I feel like I need to be responsible. I'm on my period. And so she thought that was going to be the end of it. He was going to be grossed out and like they were going to like go their separate ways. He goes, then I guess we're just going to make a mess tonight. (laughs) And her bit is like, that's the most fucking romantic thing anybody has ever <laughs> told her. She was like, I'm married. She was like, that's still the most romantic thing anyone's ever done for me. And I was like, yeah, it is. That's wonderful. So, yeah. Just to end I, on the menstruation talk. Yes. Menstruation, yes. Um, that, that, I bet. that is the exact <laughs> reaction I would have, yes. would have had, but you know. Yeah. 
Maybe I'm icky. No, no, no. The uh, the menstruation deserves better podcast. (gasps) Yes. Oh, that those are the bonus episodes, you guys. I'll take I'll take the helm. Thank you. I have a vagina. Um, If that's not a real podcast, it definitely should exist. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure somewhere in the ether, someone's created it. Mm -hmm. Well, if you guys have anything else, or should we? Go, oh, I have one more thing. If we're all done, we're all done. We're all done. We're all done. Right. So, so if you've been listening the last few episodes, uh, you might have noticed that there might have been someone not on the episodes, that, and that would be Darcy. Um, so th- that was unfortunately a decision Darcy had to make. Um, we didn't want to say anything till now where we knew for a fact that she wasn't going to be able to come back but she's got a lot of stuff going on with work and school or work and family so we, we sent her our best and when things kind of lighten up she'll come back um but you know as of right now you know like indefinitely um she won't be with us on the on the uh the podcast she said that if we get Shinya and core to come in as an interview she'll she'll make the time <laughs> but, <laughs> but sure, uh, we can contact them and try to get that rolling yes um but yeah um so i mean like we we do love darcy and, and we sent her our best and we hope that things get a little easier you know not just for selfish reasons to you know because we want her back here but also just for her also, sanity yeah we, yeah, just, we love just care darcy. about darcy yeah <laughs> darcy if you're listening we love you take your time if your space is always here and if you're not listening no I'm just <laughs> you're wonderful darcy. no but yeah no darcy contributes so much to the podcast Absolutely. just so many great uh so many of her book suggestions were a great books but also stuff that i would never venture yes, you know absolutely. got out of my yeah. comfort zone to check out so like on top of her just being great on the podcast i'm like oh no i need darcy to like i yeah. feel like she's a tastemaker her rec. own kind of yeah. tastemaker I, almost, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I need darcy to tell me what to read I, I don't but wanna... no we would also you know the reality of the situation is that we would see her and she's like you know between work and real, you know, regular life in the podcast, she seemed to be burning herself out. So we totally yeah. get it and just hope that if she can make time for us, she'll be back. But if not, you know, yeah. we're just happy that Darcy's in a, you know, in a good space for herself. Exactly. Just another plug that if you have extra money that you don't know what to do with, <laughs> there are three to four very capable adults who would love your money and would do ads for you. <laughs> I'm sick because I don't have enough money. <laughs> if you want me to stop I mean, Jesus Christ, how many times do I have to say it today? I'm just I'm gonna, in summer this country, project? isn't that how it works? If you stay sick, it's because you don't have enough money. Is that, <laughs> is that just how we run things? It's like, oh, we'll carry you if you got the money. Oh, you don't have any money? Oh, well, you get to just be sick and die. I'm a sick children. I'm a sick children. No, we would never mock that. But uh, I think that's my summer project is i'm just gonna make a fucking patreon i i will do the bonus content for all you lovely listeners well i will just speaking of and my tears start at 25 50 and 75 (laughs) i'm teasing i'm absolutely for one patreon we gotta make sure we get all the uh the money we can get from that one person who wants to subscribe i'm a teacher let me Look at the median salary of a teacher, and I make less than that because I only teach half the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
cry laughing right now at this point, you guys. One of our, <laughs> one, of our one of our kiddos today was, or like not today, but like a, a couple of weeks ago, was just like, "Oh, Miss C, I want to be a teacher just like you. You guys make so much money." We audibly started laughing. The staff did because we're like, "Bro, you don't know how much we make. We do not make that much money. This is a passion project at this point." We just yeah. love teaching you guys, so that's it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Darcy. I, Carrie's like, I'm just here for my community service hours. Yeah, no, I was honesty. like, you see this ankle bracelet, you guys? I gotta get rid of it. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Darcy, if you are listening, we love you. Take care of yourself, and we will see you when we see you. And folks, please remember, like always, still. If you follow Darcy's blog, um, she may have more time for that now. So definitely give that a check. Um, her Twitter, I'm sure, I'm sure she is still tweeting and twittering all the time, yes, or at least part of the time. Definitely follow her on all the socials. Um, you know, like Richard said earlier, she's a tastemaker of her own. She brought a great insight to the pod. We uh, we will miss that <laughs> because yeah. I mean I don't bring that sort of thing. So I'm sure um, if you still want those types of recommendations, Darcy will be tweeting them. So definitely still follow her. I'm, I'm judging whether or not, you know, it, it, how much of a bother it would be for me just to message her. Everyone's like, hey, any new comic books? You yeah, wanna... let's not do that to her. She took type <laughs> off yeah. so that way she so that can like, happen. focus on her. Yeah, I know. Let's I, not I... bother her. Okay. But speaking of socials, Brian, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at my Instagram, which I know have memorized, and you caught me off guard. I did. Flip <laughs> <laughs> the script, baby. It's yes. the last day of the season. Yeah, as well. Um, well, you know what? I can tell you though, CDB Pod is uh, our Instagram and our Twitter, and also our Good Pods. Um, Instagram, oh, also our TikTok is CDB Pod. By the way, we have a TikTok. Um, you can come join us there, even even though I put everything that I put there on our Instagram. And I'm doing, like I said earlier, I'm doing reviews. I'm doing my best. I hope they're fine. I, uh, I haven't gotten any feedback yet, um, but I, I'm, I, I read a lot of comic books and yeah, I've been doing more books on my spotlights, but I feel like there's a lot of books that like, you know, that I don't get to talk about and I wanna, you know, kind of like do a quick, you know, minute and a half review and what better place to do it than TikTok, but you know so um and i also get to show you guys the art that i'm talking about you know so that's not just a, a visual you know it's a visual and an audio me medium so good stuff um but richard where can we find you while i find my personal instagram <laughs> i am at topcat 360 on instagram on twitter uh nba season's over the warriors won that means good triumphs over evil i really really don't <laughs> like the celtics yeah, i don't yeah. like the celtics generally i don't like the celtics because they beat my team this year and they weren't good they just got lucky that uh jimmy butler was you know more or less hobbled for two games mm -hmm. but also more importantly the celtics are one of these teams that they like uh they flop a lot and embellish contact and whine to the refs like a story arc in the NBA finals is their coach telling them, Hey, stop whining so much and go play on defense. And I just felt that it was good that they lost 
for the youth of America because you don't want your champions to be a bunch of whiners and fakers. Yeah. You want them to be, you know, people that play the game straight up and like win straight up. So I just felt I just felt that it was good for our overall society that that type of team lost the finals yeah. and a team that just kind of went in and, you know, beat them, you know, yeah. didn't, you know, didn't try to. Uh, embellish their way into winning you know beat them pretty soundly so i thought that was good for all of us also you know if you look look me up on twitter now since i'm out of basketball stuff just kind of watching the dissolution of america hoping that these uh hearings do something because i kind of like it here this is where i keep all my stuff (laughs) and i don't want it to go away so you know and you know we're americans we could do better that's the whole Absolutely. thing. That's like whole we made a bunch of promises about freedom and doing the right thing at the beginning. And the whole thing since has been, you know, us trying to live up to that. The, and the, I don't know why people are trying to drag us backwards all the time. But, mm-hmm. you know, what, what we do here is we persevere and um, we'll get past all this shittiness, just like we got past all the past shittiness. At least yeah. that's my hope. Yep. The the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, is more than just the Second Amendment. Let's talk about the other things that you know we need to fix. You know, like instead of trying to keep an antiquated amendment around. Um, but yeah. Um, also, um, I don't just really quick. I don't think NBA is much is as much of a copycat um, league as the NHL is. But like that's a that's something that happens in the NHL is like if a team wins a certain way. Then like half the league decides that's the way you oh, win, no, 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 no. and and, and so no, 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 no. NBA is very much a copycat oh. league in that fashion. Okay, no. So, once so, the Warriors started winning, everyone tried to play like the Warriors, except the you know you you don't have Steph Curry, so yeah, it doesn't really work the same. <laughs> exactly. So so like the the New Jersey Devils won in the nineties playing mostly defense and had a really mm-hmm. good goalie, and it kind of ruined hockey for a very long time because you got there's. It used to not be one nothing games all the time, you know. Like it was, you know, you you'd have right, actual right, right. score. Yeah, they 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 took the emphasis away from offense, and then everyone was like, "Well, that's the way you win." Yep, exactly. Grittiness and defense and a good goalie—that's all you need. And um, and so yeah, and and now we're just getting back into the era of like, you know, more scoring. I mean, so which is nice. And um, sorry, our dog is knocking over our laptop at this moment. Um, so we better call it. But yeah, um, so I'm glad that NBA, I'm glad in the NBA that like Celtics that didn't win for that fact, because you don't want a bunch of floppers all the time, you know, embellishers. That's that sucks for everybody. It really does. So. That's gross. They disgust me. Yep. <laughs> me too. Well, I'm Brian underscore CB on Instagram. And Carrie, oh yeah. Also, our book club, we won't. It won't be around for the next three weeks because we're good. Not have regular episodes, but uh, we actually have something kind of fun, and special to uh, for these next three up ep- these three bonus episodes that are free. They're not on our Patreon, but they're going to be fun. Um, and it has to do with something that's coming out at the end of July on uh, on a streaming. So, uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later next week. So stay tuned. And Carrie, do you have a nonprofit for the week? Um, no, but so, um, looking up on the guardian right now, um, because once you guys start talking about sports, I'll zone out and fucking look up on on Instagram, my bad. But, um, so right now there's a national speaking of tampon shortage 
So, um, so essentially what's happening is it's like supply and demand. There's things that, you know, shipping and um, suppliers are still having difficulties because of COVID and production workers, obviously, you know, it's just a big fuck up. So um, not on the workers part, but like on corporate part, but um, so, you know, speaking of you know, like menstrual products, people who face homelessness or who are low income have a really hard time um, finding accessible like products for themselves or for their family members. So if you have it in you, um, either share the story on The Guardian, which is on The Guardian Insta- Instagram. Um, it's just really good information and it, I, I find them to be a, a valid news source. Or what you can do is you can um, contact your local, maybe women's shelters or uh, youth programs or you know um, homeless um, homeless centers. I, that doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean. Like shelter. Uh, thank shelter. you, homeless shelter. Um, any kind of program that does community outreach. Find out if they're taking um, like donations, either monetarily or physically um, ordering them or buying them tampons and pads. So that way they can give them out to people because um, it's nuts. If you, I come from um, a privileged place, so I'm able to buy those things and not really feel the crunch. But when you do go to a Target or a Walmart and you see them gone, it's fucking weird. So um, (laughs) like definitely if if you can, monetarily help that's great and if not just share the word because it will reach someone who can in fact I'm going to see what we can do at my local school and um, because even though I teach in a more higher socioeconomic area our particular program uh, is for lower socioeconomic people in that um, county so I want to help if I can very nice and very much you know something necessary yeah like a vagina is a vagina it's gonna bleed don't make it weird just (laughs) like sorry i just feel very strongly about that Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely check out the guardian um article it's really interesting because again if you don't have those people in your life you wouldn't you wouldn't know so exactly and the more you know the better everything can get and i from what i understood uh it bleeding is how you know it's working properly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's it like, doesn't. oh, if it did it, if all of a sudden it didn't do that, either you're pregnant or something else is very off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for more menstruation talk, you can email us at comics are better. <laughs> our, our website is uh, comics are better.wordpress.com and you can request feature subjects for the show i um, hope it's menstruation related was, that would be fabulous you know there's probably a really good comment you know yeah we should actually look into that yeah i bet you there really is we should definitely and if it's music based i'll recommend it oh um, my god <laughs> okay so well if that's everything then uh for richard and carrie i'm brian and this has been the comics is our better podcast and remember comics is our better and everyone deserves comics Bye. 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 Where? <laughs> Oof.